Indiana Jones, Indiana It's a podcast about Indiana Jones. Every movie, one minute at a time. Indiana Jones, Minute. Welcome back to the Indiana Jones Minute, the podcast in which we celebrate and discuss the film Raiders of the Lost Ark one minute at a time. I'm Tom Taylor from IamTomTaylor.com. I'm Pete Mubbert. I'm Jerry Porter. And I'm Kevin Marr from the Kevin Geeks Out Show, a video variety series uh, in Brooklyn you can learn more about at KevinGeeksOut.com. Awesome. Thank you for joining us again, Kevin. My pleasure. It's good to have you here in the map room with us. It's getting clammy well, it's good in here. to be here. I, I I feel like this is going to be one where where I can I can use some of my uh, knowledge of bad movies to talk about this good movie. But <laughs> uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> That's all right. Um, minute fifty four. That's what we're here for. That begins with Indy preparing to place the Staff of Ra in a certain place in a certain time of day, and it ends with the light of the red crystal. Ab- about to reach a specific building on the floor and uh we see here indy he's got the he gets the headpiece on the staff he sticks the staff finally into the the right hole that he's found and i actually have two questions a how do they know the right circumference to make the staff how do they know how big the holes were going to be and that you know that the staff was actually going to fit in the hole I have three questions. And how do they make, how do they know like how deep the hole was going to be? Because you can see like the bottom part of the staff is, you know, like narrower so they can fit in the hole and then still be the right, the right height. And I could have brought this up last minute too, I think, because I think it's like right between the two minutes, uh, two minutes, but the headpiece now has like a, like a, like a, you know, like candle holder sort of end to it which I don't think it had before. Before it was just like a, a the, the headpiece, you know, just a circle. And now it's got like this metal sort of cone, not cone, but like a little cylinder coming off it to, to fit on the, on the staff. Am I crazy? Yeah, you see, no, 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 you're right. You see him affixing it to the staff, but you don't really, it's not like a screw on. No, no, no. He just kind of slides it on yeah, there. He kind of, yeah, they don't really show you. He kind of slides it on, but you're right. It does have that little, I was, little, uh... I was reading the screenplay online, and it makes the point that the headpiece has been welded together to fit onto the staff. Oh, so weird. Un- unseen, there there has been some welding work done <laughs> oh ah. to put to put that extra piece so that it it fits onto the staff. Otherwise, he's going to have to eyeball it. <laughs> so, so to be clear, you need the staff custom or fashioned and you need it at the you need the right headpiece you need mm-hmm. the right length of the staff in seven the right hole yes yeah, in the right <laughs> hole at the right time with like right. a brass tapered end that fits perfectly into the hole right. yeah really yeah and i'm and i'm sure it's it's got to be one of those things where it's like Oh, you want a flathead, not a Phillips head. You yeah. uh, <laughs> get the one small mistake and you're going to be digging in the wrong spot. Got to go all the way back into Cairo to the hardware store to get the right screw. Where's Sala? Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give that one up to Yahweh. 
<laughs> yeah, it's the force. Yeah, yeah he's he's pulling for him. He's like, yeah, it's all good. He's hot. <laughs> yeah, always like, hey, Harrison Ford, he's hot. Yeah, he'll put <laughs> it in a museum. Don't, he's don't, good. Don't, yeah, don't worry about it. It'll work. I got you. Can can I read a line from the screenplay that I found just really charming? Please um, do. It it talks about the moment where he uh, is is adjusting the staff and getting it into place. Uh, Indy takes the staff of Ra and places it, clink, in the right depression on the baseline. And and here's this great. This is as active and exciting moment as any archaeologist can dream of, and at heart, that is exactly what Indy is. So for all of our talk that he's not really much of an archaeologist, the screenplay goes out of its way to remind us, this guy's an archaeologist. Oh, he's an archaeologist. Okay. Oh, yeah. Make no mistake. Well, you know what? I got to say, he does. I, I, I think it happens a little bit more in the next minute. But yeah, the, this scene actually does. You know, we've seen Indy light up a little bit, like when he saw the idol back in uh, South America and stuff. And he's gotten excited about some stuff before. But in this scene, he does seem almost more like enraptured or something. He's he's like, he can't believe what's happening right now. He's like actually super, I'll just say, I don't know, stoked. He's excited. He's, 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 yeah, he is kind of as that just described. He is an archaeologist who has, uh, you know, this means everything to him. And you can kind of see it on his face. And yeah, in ways that you almost are surprised by, given like, you know, how sort of seat of his pants kind of magic, a lot of superstitious hocus pocus he is most of the time. And they do they do set that up uh, in the previous minute by giving him a brush. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's true. Without that brush, you'd be like, hey, this guy isn't an archaeologist. What does he care? Yeah. But you're like, as far as I'm concerned, for the rest of the movie, Indiana Jones, Dr. Jones. <laughs> Is an archaeologist. I was going to say, one of the things this movie did for me is I, I sort of became an archaeology nut after I saw this when I was a kid. And I've always loved ancient Egypt and everything, especially since this. And the, the wall paintings in this scene are, are incredible. And a lot of them are straight out of, like, the, the book, Egyptian Book of the Dead. But they have some kind of interesting modifications, um, which I, I'll get to more in the next minute. But it, it's interesting because you see... Uh, a lot of uh, falcons. I'll just say there are a lot of falcons represented here. What's the significance of the falcons? Oh, well, do we have tell, a, Pete. <laughs> we have a <laughs> we have a theory going. Um, well, some of us do that. Uh, the Indiana Jones movies are the fever dream that Han Solo has while he's encased in carbonite. I read that online. So, oh, falcons! Things. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Understood. And if when you look behind, uh, like when you look at the wall opposite Indy, there's kind of a standard Book of the Dead scene where uh, Horus, um, who's the god of the sky, has a falcon head, and he's leading these two twins into the underworld, and he's leading them to Osiris, who's kind of the god of the underworld, and in the place of where the judgment usually is, uh, someone erased it and put the Ark of the Covenant. Huh. Oh, are you kidding? Sort of interesting. It's weird. It's like there's a giant arc that, and you you can see where it looks like someone erased what was there originally and drew in an arc. Oh, because I was going to comment on that arc, like that 
you know, we were talking about like, what's the purpose of the map room and everything. And when you see that arc on the back of the wall, it does seem like, oh, the whole purpose of this entire thing is clearly to find the arc or it's got something to do with the arc. But that's so you can see that it's actually like replaced. It looks it's like it's replacing something. And normally else. that's in the in the pyramid text or the Book of the Dead. That's where you would see like the, the way it worked is when you died, you'd go into the underworld and they'd put your heart on a scale and they'd weigh it against a feather. And if your heart was lighter than the feather, you could go into the underworld. And if your heart was heavier, it meant, it meant you sort of lived a bad life and then you were in trouble. But in place oh, of that judgment is the Ark of the Covenant. So it's someone's being blasphemous. Either Jack <laughs> is saying, well, actually, it's the Hebrew God or else this is, you know, maybe like Jerry was saying, the Israelites came in here somehow and they were like, oh, you know what? We're going to put our guy in here. <laughs> the Ark of the Covenant has a posse. I'm still stuck on this. I mean, whose whose heart is lighter than a feather? Yeah, I was I'm, gonna say. Maybe on, I'm that, just I'm just exposed myself. But, that's the whole drowning the witch thing. Yeah, well, the... you die if you're, when you stand before Osiris. You, you you better hope yours is. I already did this whole like twelve year Catholic school thing where it's like you're never allowed to. You're basically your heart's never going to be lighter than a feather. Yeah, you know you're doomed. Catholics and Jedi Knights are just constantly <laughs> doomed by whatever things they did when they were oh. kids. Forever does it dominate their destiny. You stole that one, you know, laffy taffy now and later. <laughs> you say now and later I say Laffy Taffy I like the now and later I like the, the significance of the now and later that it's a <laughs> it's a sin you will pay it's a sin you it's a joy you experience now which oh you will God. feel guilt for later <laughs> it's almost like they named these little penny five cent stealable candies exactly for that reason <laughs> no, <laughs> just attempt kids to hell so like now and later <laughs> with like a prison door shutting <laughs> now and forever well i i have a a question here so is it true that you know when when indy he puts his he puts the staff pretty much kind of what looks maybe not dead center but a nice what would be a popular spot in the middle of the I guess the the map hieroglyphic whole floor, and it lights up the building. That's like dead center of town. Like it lights up. It's like they stored the art. You know the the, the Ark of the tel- Ark of the Covenant at like first in Maine. Candace. <laughs> You're right. Town hall. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's just dead in the center of the map. It like. <laughs> Maybe the most conspicuous place, like public square. Yeah, it's true. hiding in plain sight. Yeah, would everybody in town have been like, oh, "Of course, the big, huge wall of the souls." They're like, well, what's so is. hidden there? <laughs> and it's kind of it's it's. I know there's like tons of tons of different holes, but he he seems to just put it in sort of right, maybe not dead center, but pretty close. Yeah. It's movie framing and stuff. Well, and then I wondered because Belloc's hole was just two above his or whatever, one Kadam. You're like, so Belloc's going to be digging literally next door. Yeah. He's going to be at like main and second. <laughs> 
Well, what's weird is when you think about the whole dig that's going on outside, that's like a sprawling, huge thing. Like, you would think that at this point, like, they're only looking for one thing. They're looking for the Well of Souls. So, like, why are they, why aren't they just, like, focused in one spot that Belloc now thinks he knows is the place? Hopefully they snuck some actual archaeologists in and they're doing some kind of sneaky archaeology on the side. <laughs> yes, Belloc is bad as Indiana Jones at archaeology or archaeology. <laughs> and the town, I mean, the, the town of Tannis doesn't appear to be that big, according to the map. I mean, and, and just ancient cities in general. I mean, they weren't that big. I mean, were they, Pete? Uh, well, I mean, they were pretty big compared to, I mean, this map doesn't look that, I mean, this there are like 10 buildings on here. And when you when you look later, you can kind of see the ob, one of these obelisks, and it's pretty close to one of these other buildings, which makes me think the scale is actually a pretty small town. Mm. Hmm. If you didn't have to uncover the whole thing from sand, it might be kind of easy to just search the town and find the Ark of the Covenant if it hadn't been buried. Well, and I thought it probably that was that was classic God overreacting. <laughs> the, town's, the town's not that big, <laughs> you know. You don't yeah. need, and you're uh, mad at one guy. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't need a year sandstorm to cover up ancient Tannis. Thanks, God. This is another instance where we could be dealing with. Uh, we talked about in other minutes where maybe this is an alternative, an alternate universe, kind of more Blade Runner than Star Wars, but oh yeah, Tannis is one of those things that makes me think that because Tannis was actually pretty extensively excavated already by the 1800s. Oh, no kidding. And they had found, like, it was a spectacular find, and they found all kinds of uh, really great tombs and everything, because um, that was sort of where this was the kind of end of Egyptian power. They called it the Third Intermediate Period, but the empire was kind of collapsing, um, and they had this brief renaissance where they moved the capital to, to Tanis. So does oh, wow. does that take you out of the movie when you're like this would have been picked this would have been picked clean by 1936. <laughs> I actually like it better. I think it's uh, I don't know. It's I like the alternative theory, like the alternate universe idea. Well, Han Solo didn't know all these details when he was having the stream. So fever dream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I got See, I thought the up. Falcon was going to have something to do with the the Nazi eagle. Oh. Falcon and the Eagle are about to go head to head. <laughs> oh, I like that. Go, like go, that. kid, go. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, speaking of the German, we got all this like crazy red graffiti all over the miniature town in the map room. Um, Which you have often, if you've ever been to Germany and stayed in a hotel, you've seen this. I have not, um, so I haven't. It's <laughs> the same sign you put on your doorknob. It says, do not disturb. You're kidding. <laughs> Nick Stuven. Wow. wow. I need that explained to me then. Like, who wrote that there and why? <laughs> and it's got those little velvet ropes around it. Yeah. See, well, because you yeah. don't want yeah. to disturb it. <laughs> yeah, but, but you can't disturb the model? Digging, or does that mean... Do not disturb? That is really weird. I mean, Sala would understand. It's like, yeah, you're not supposed to disturb it. It's not of this earth. <laughs> But like, why? That is so weird. Why would they? A. Why would they mark it at all? B. Why would they write that? And yeah, why do they have the ropes around it and stuff? I mean, do they just have like a little like powwow, and they were like, okay, well, here we'll put these cranes here and this aqueduct thing here, and we'll like you know get the you know the the, the rock removers over. Like, is it are they just planning the dig with those things and stuff or what? 
Because there's also, yeah, there's like that big long, uh, you know, I don't know if it looks like it's either a measuring tape or just like a, it's like something laid across like the length of the middle of the town, sort of like over the well of souls and stuff. And I'm like, is that yeah, like, that was a measuring tape. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I thought it was either that or just like, you know, oh, here's where, you know, this, this walkway will go as we're digging or something like planting stuff over the town. I thought that just back in antiquity, that was tagged by like the Horace Six Street Killers. <laughs> in German. <laughs> I didn't, I mean, I didn't notice that it was German. So mm. I was just like, oh yeah, the Horace Six Street Killers. Well, I remember being baffled by that as a kid. Just like, now wait, why there's somebody wrote on this stuff? I, like I, I, I didn't connect it with like Belloc or the Nazis or anything. I was like, I don't get, all right. Okay. I'm 10. It's also weird though. Like if Belloc wrote it, why would he have written it in German? Unless it was just like, "Hey, stay away from this, guys." Well, there's two, there's not... two there's there's one like square temple that has the ropes around it, and then there's another one that also has the graffiti, right? Yeah. No, it's the same one. Is it? Yeah, the ropes. Yeah, there's one that it. appears to be up in the left corner of the map. We're all watching. <laughs> it, you know, the uh, based on what we've established about Belloc, that does not look like his handwriting. It, it's <laughs> this, no, it's yeah. a little too punk punk rock scribble. Right. Yeah. <laughs> totally. For, for a gentleman and a scholar. Yeah, we need some <laughs> delicate calligraphy from Belloc, and mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not seeing the it. The red velvet ropes, though, are, are total Belloc. Yeah. Yeah. He packed those yeah. in, in Paris before he even left on this trip. He's like, at some point, I'm going to need these little you know, miniature velvet ropes. So the, the one other thing I wanted to talk about was how it's uh, really, this is one of the scenes that draws upon another kind of archeological adventure movie from 1954 called secret of the Incas. And that's uh, the B movie I alluded to earlier where Charlton Heston plays a guy named Harry Steele who goes around in a leather jacket and a fedora and he's in <laughs> Peru and it's at the start of the movie, instead of being like a professor, he doesn't have the dual life of, of, of Dr. Jones. Um, he's, he's doing these tours for Americans who, who come in. And it's, it's made pretty clear that half of the business is these uh, fuddy-duddy old men bring their wife on vacation. And Charlton Heston is having sex with the wife. <laughs> like tour after tour, that is what they're paying for. And the, the wife that we meet early on is uh, Marion Ross, who oh was gosh. the mom on Happy Days. Wow. Uh, which ah. which kind of comes out of, uh, you know, Happy Days probably wouldn't have gone to air without George Lucas's American Graffiti. So we've kind of come full circle, right? That's incredible. Marion Ravenwood, wow, Marion Ross. I'm, I'm stuck on, uh, like, ha like, Happy Days having sex, Marion Ross having sex. <laughs> mm -hmm. With Charlton Heston. Mm -hmm. the guy from planet of the apes oh yeah yeah i haven't seen but this movie i've only seen pieces of it but uh i i think you don't need to see the whole thing you can just see a couple of youtube clips and you're all set don't don't waste your time you've convinced me um i before the whole movie was available on youtube i i ordered i got a, a dvd of it oh no which was not the best use of my money but i wanted to see it to get all the uh musical numbers that's the other thing people will recognize it's got a a uh, Ema Sumac song that's featured in the Big Lebowski. 
that's the opening credits number. So you'll you'll oh, wow. recognize it right away as like, oh, that's the music that they play at Jackie Treehorn <laughs> pad when they're throwing a <laughs> naked person into the air. So uh, Harry Steele is an adventurer who goes to Peru and he finds that there's a sunburst. It's made of stone and everyone's disappointed. It makes no sense that this was supposed to be where the, the treasure was buried, but nothing's turning up. So he goes in at the right time of day and he reflects a uh, kind of this golden oval. And when the light comes through the sunburst, it hits and reflects off of the oval and points to somewhere else in the, the cavern, the cave uh, temple that they're in because it's man-made. It's not a cave. And it's like, that's where the treasure is buried. That, uh... that, and that is the secret of the Incas. That is the titular <laughs> secret of this temple and Indiana Jones, uh, or rather Raiders of the Lost Ark is, is very much standing on the shoulders of this particular scene yeah. in the secret of the Incas. And that, and that is the secret of Raiders that it's borrowing <laughs> from this forgotten 1954 movie that, uh, I imagine fans like us, you know, we would be excited to, to go back and see it. And then you'd see it and you just ask Pete, it's kind of, kind of slow and boring. <laughs> it does have kind of but a you... <laughs> so it does have kind of a temple of doom scene too with that yellow raft coming out of the plane. Oh, that's right. So you don't think that we should uh do a secret of the Incas I minute. don't know. I think podcast. for the people listening to this podcast, you don't need to go ahead and see it. Uh but if you are if you're hosting this podcast, maybe you you will see something that the casual fan is going to is going to miss out on. Yeah, there are a lot of moments that are kind of, and it's got a great archaeologist in Robert Young too. That's you've got the dueling archaeologist. Yeah. Um, I, I, as I said earlier, you know Charlton Heston knocks boots with Marion Ross. Oh, it's crazy! So. I'm not going to get over that. <laughs> well, like uh, like Belloc, I'm just going to copy off of Pete. Pete's <laughs> Pete's, <laughs> Pete's watched this one for us, and I'm just going to uh, take full credit for having seen it. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> Pete, Pete, you're the you're the best digger in this podcast. <laughs> um, you're also good, Pete, at uh, letting people know where they can find us online and stuff. Yeah, find us at Indiana Jones Minute on the Facebook and Twitter and IndianaJonesMinute.com. And then after you've done all that, please come back here tomorrow for minute fifty-five of Raiders of the Lost Ark here on the Indiana Jones Minute. Poor Marion Ross. Ah!